0: And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Think about something with me for a minute, friend. Think about the fact that in Christ's day, in the early church, there were no salaries for those doing God's work. And yes, the Bible says in the Old and the New Testament that those that are called out to do God's work are worthy of their hire, but they had to walk by faith for their provision. And that's the difference between the wallflower guys that are occupy church employment at church building per se today And the true disciples that Christ is calling out to come out from among them, to be separate from this apostate, Babylonian church system of today, and we have the model of Christ and his apostles and how they walk by faith. A lot of people say, well, if the provision isn't there, God must not be in it. Well, how foolish can we be to say that? That is absolutely ridiculous. First of all, remind yourself, I believe it's in Matthew 17, maybe, where Jesus and the disciples were called upon to pay taxes. The tax money, they didn't have enough money to pay the taxes, so they obviously didn't carry around a lot of money or have a big bank account. So Jesus told Peter to go catch a fish and in that fish's mouth would be the coin, the money to pay for the taxes. Also, let me draw you to the attention of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 has a list a bunch of God's heroes of the faith, if you will. These are people that God is actually taking time to list as his trophies, his warriors, people that truly walked with him. This isn't some fable about somebody who supposedly walked with God of our day. Or even of past days have been canonized by the Catholic Church. Now, these are people that truly serve God, and God is authenticating their walk with him by speaking in detail about them, and naming them in the last part of the book of Hebrews, chapter eleven. Listen to what he says in uh, picking up in verse thirty seven of these people. He says, They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. I believe it was Isaiah that was sawn in half. That's how they killed him. They were tempted. They were killed with the sword for serving Jesus. They wondered about in sheepskin. Listen to how provided for they were, folks. They wondered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Interesting. So that's where they lived. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. So these are people that God is heralding who are now with him while he's speaking this through the writer of Hebrews and total comfort from which they will never be taken out of hallelujah all tears pain and hardships are going to be removed all death and suffering Revelation 21, 4. Hallelujah. We look forward to that day. We are king's kids, friends, but we're not home yet. So there's suffering to be done. And to say that if a individual called out of God or an individual or individuals doing the work of God, no matter where they are in the earth today, if they don't have provision, then they are not in the will of God. It must not have been God that called them, right? That's a ridiculous conclusion from a biblically Literate individual. We just read in Hebrews 11, 37 through 40, that those who are actually God's most heralded heroes, if you will, not heroes, but servants, they suffer things like all they can wear is sheepskin. That's all they got. They had to kill an animal, probably ate the animal, and then clothe themselves with the sheepskin, goatskins. That was their apparel. That's their only shelter, if you will, is sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, destitute mean having nothing, afflicted, tormented. If you haven't been there and you're called out and you're serving God, well, you haven't been down the line too far yet, friend. It's coming. The hour is coming where you may, like Elijah, cry out to the Lord, just kill me, Lord. He ran away, went out into, I believe, a desert. God provided food and shelter and water for him. The Lord caused a gourd to grow up over his head to protect him from the heat of the sun. And I think there was a brook there. And then also a raven flew in food to him. God took care of him and it wasn't lavish. He had to trust God by faith. And he came to the point where he says, Lord, just kill me. Take my life. What good is it? I'm going to tell you, folks, I've been there on several occasions. And the more I read Scripture, the more I realize perhaps I'm confirmed in being right in the will of God. Jacob wrestled with God all night until he was broken. These things are good. These things are part and parcel with truly being called out and answering the call to serve the Lord. But this idea that if you're living in a gated community like these CEO-type pastors we have today, driving around these big old SUVs, eight cylinders with gas at almost $4 a gallon, etc. Then God's with you. What a ridiculous lie that is. I can tell you most if not almost all of those people are telling lies. They're making money off selling books where they're lying to people. They're making money by lying to people over their pulpit desk every Sunday. These are predators in our pulpits, folks, and some people are so biblically illiterate, shallow, and naive as to think these people are of God because they have things in this life. That is absolutely ridiculous. Where do you get that information? It's not from the Lord. Listen to this in First Timothy chapter 6 verse 3 through 5. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ how many people are preaching the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and his apostles today very few many are plucking out little parts of them for their own advantage but few are preaching the whole counsel of God, especially the hard truths of Christ and his apostles. So if any man teach otherwise, Paul writes, and consent not to wholesome words, what are wholesome words? Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's wholesome words in God's definition. And to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he, godliness, he is proud Preacher of the word of God only in the full counsel of it, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evils. In other words, he's causing division contrary to the doctrine of Christ, as Paul wrote in Romans 16:17 and 18, verse five of First Timothy six: perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. Watch this. Supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. There's a truth here that we need, and by the way, the perverted new versions have cut away this last part, which tells you to withdraw thyself from people that are in this particular mind frame and have this fruit in their lives. And one of those things being supposing that gain is godliness, supposing that gain is equal to godliness. Really, that meant Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the sinless Savior whom the Father sent was not very godly in that case because he didn't have a whole lot in this world. You see how that breaks down? Anybody who supposes or equates gain and godliness is to be withdrawn from. They don't have a clue. They're a man or woman of corrupt mind. Gain is not equivalent to godliness. Otherwise, God is contradicting himself, if that were the case. In the scripture we just read in Hebrews 11, when he said some of his most heralded servants only had sheepskins and goatskins to put on. They found caves to shelter their life in, their body in. And they they were destitute. They had nothing. In other words, they were picking up crickets and whatever they could get their hands on to fill their stomach or put something in their stomach to stay alive. And these were the servants of God of whom the world was not worthy Now, compare that to these guys today who have no need to walk by faith in God. They get a check every two weeks. They're on a salary because they've compromised with this modern apostate Jezebel system. They've compromised the truth. This truth that we just read in Scripture and what the people of God, the true followers of Christ, of whom the world was not even worthy, the stark contrast of them to the soft-handed layout of seeing people who have jobs and look, jobs, employment, at local church buildings today that are nothing more than a social club type of a church business. Applying for a job, you'll notice, at a local church business, you heard me, I called it a business because that's what it is, is the easy way out. It negates the road of suffering and learning to trust God. Which things are invaluable for the future. Along the way, when the finances look bleak, I can tell you myself, many people told me that I should go apply in a church for a position. That's their whole concept of God is, oh, well go to a church. You know, if you're a scientist, go to a lab. If you're a doctor, go to a hospital. If you're a plumber, go look up plumbers on the internet or on the yellow pages and go apply it there. If you Oh, if you do ministry, you got to go apply it at church. That's their whole concept of the kingdom of God, that all ministry and ministry people work through a local church building. This is just so disturbing, folks. It's so disturbing. Listen, why in the world, if you think about it, even in the natural, do we spend? I mean, the last local church I was a part of had a $30,000 per month budget do the math folks is that what 360 thousand dollars a year just to meet the expenses of the salaries and the mortgage are you kidding me we don't bring in thirty thousand dollars a year why we don't have a problem because a lot of people don't want to support us that's fine we're here to Fiji the either way and to be a blessing to you but why in the world? Do we want to pay for all these things that have nothing to do with furthering the cause of Christ in the hearts of men? Which is what Jesus meant when he said that he would build this church. These things aren't advancing the kingdom of God. It's not advanced through physical means. It's a spiritual kingdom, folks. And the word of God is spirit and it is life Jesus said. These words are spirit and they are life and they are to go into the hearts of men. The same congregation that I used to be a part of the last one years ago had a $30,000 a month budget, was doing very little in the way of winning souls, putting the word of God in the hearts of the lost. They didn't have track one in their foyer. For people that they could care less they didn't put a penny into the track ministry I've had since 1987 they didn't care they could care less about winning souls they're just maintaining a position or perpetuating their own existence it's all about them folks and the people that give into that it's because they want to be comfortable on Sunday morning and made to feel good and lulled further to sleep in an apostasy These folks weren't feeding the flock of God with the pure word of God. And so I had to withdraw myself because they weren't preaching the wholesome words, wholesome, whole, W-H-O-L-E, the whole counsel of God. And they're wasting people's money. And those people that give are gullible dupes. They have no idea the rebellion they're in against God, thinking all along that they're walking with God by being a part of this church, this local church that's not preaching the word of God and is spending its money incestuously on itself amazing apostasy. And I've been tempted a few times along the way to apply for a job at a church. Of course, I would enter that. I wouldn't even get a job at a church. They wouldn't want me. I sent out my resume once to a few churches over the internet who were looking for pastors or whatever, knowing that most of them were looking for some charismatic type of fellow who had a good smile, it had good clothes, who would be good at representing and making them look good, and good at raising money and organizing organizing. organizing their little social club there. That's all it is. And when I did that, I had this write up there and I said, if you're looking for somebody who is a good money raiser, who makes you look good, and you're ignoring the tenets of a bishop or an elder or a deacon in the word of God, then I'm not your man, obviously. And to no surprise, I got no responses. I didn't expect any either. But it, I expected that to be a rebuke to these search committees, they call them. Search committees. Oh, gosh. Search committee? And they're looking for people that are going to make them look good and be able to raise money and be a good representative of them, their little social club there, their little three ring circus on Sunday mornings. This is the condition of the modern church. And I know a lot of you are laughing with me at it. Actually, if it wasn't so sad, it would be laughable. Well, anyway, as many of you will understand, it will come as no surprise to you. I was never offered a position of those few handful of resumes I sent out. All along inside, knowing this just wasn't the way God was going to move. He's called me out to be his and to be separate from this system. Anytime God's going to use someone, it's it's usually going to be outside the camp, if you will. Jesus went outside the camp to die for the sins of the world. He couldn't be a part of the Pharisaical religious system if he was truly going to serve God, because he would have had to compromise in order to do that. And that's what you see in the days of Jezebel and Ahab and Elijah and the true prophets of the Lord. As you see, a priesthood of false prophets who were willing to tuck their feet under Jezebel's table. That represents receive provision in exchange for compromising God's truth. This is an interesting study and discovery in the Word of God. There was no paycheck for the apostles of Christ or for Christ. No salary. There was no salary or paycheck for Elijah in the hundred true prophets of God in the days of Elijah, Jezebel, and Ahab. Elijah and the one hundred true prophets who were fed by Obadiah, by the way. Hallelujah for men like that. Then and today, those who see the called out ones, the few that are really doing the work of God, and they are around and they jump in there to help provide for them like Obadiah did in the days of Elijah and in the days of these hundred prophets that are listed. I believe it's 1 Kings 18 where Obadiah hid them away so that they couldn't be killed. He hid them and Obadiah was right hand of Ahab, the rebellious king. But he did the Lord's work by hiding these 100 true prophets. Somebody might say, well, that was deceitful. No, what was deceitful was the evil that was being wrought by Ahab and Jezebel. What was godly was that Obadiah feared God more than them. Which we must always do. And he hid these 100 prophets 50 by 50. I don't remember if it was in a cave or what, but, and then he would bring them food daily to feed them. Thank God for those who supply the true disciples of every day, including this day and hour and this late hour. So Elijah and the 100 true prophets of the Lord refuse the Jezebelian system that promised them a salary, a paycheck a job with benefits and no financial lack if they would just bow their knees to the false system that perverted the truth of God. That's what people are being called into and called out of, depending on whether or not you're personally truly serving the Lord or not, if you will, determine which way you will choose. You will go get a job at a church to help them to deceive the people and perpetuate this apostate system on the people or you will answer the call of God to come out from them and serve God through thick and thin and there'll be a lot of thin and hardships and lack but nothing's more important this will test who you really are if you're called out and when you're called out in whatever measure of whether or not you're really going to trust God. If he called you, he can take care of you. He's always taking care of me somehow, for the most part. I mean, we have a lot of lack. I'm going to be honest with you. Hebrews 11 had a lot of lack. They had nothing to put on but goatskins and sheepskins and try to hide themselves in a cave and eat whatever they could. They were destitute. God doesn't have money in heaven. And apparently, he's not always able to get hold of enough people to help to supply. I mean, that's, I believe, what we can conclude to be the big picture, perhaps. When we look at the fullness of Scripture, I'm not casting doubt on the love of God for his people or the provision of God, but God works through people. Men shall give into your bosom. Everybody's accountable to do their own part, whatever that part might be. All right, so Jezebel's table. Let's finish up here and end right here with a little talk about Jezebel's table. 1 Kings 18 speaks of, verse 4 says, For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, See, that's why they won't hire somebody that's walking in truth at these Jezebelian apostate church houses, if you will. They cut off those people operating under a Jezebel antichrist spirit, and they will cut off the prophets of the Lord. They want nothing to do with them other than to slander them and attack them. They certainly don't want to bring them in to speak the truth because then they would have to change and repent. So it says, when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them by 50 in a cave and fed them with bread and water. There's a lot in that, as we just spoke about here just a moment ago. Obadiah took these hundred true prophets who refused to rebel against God by compromising with Jezebel and put them 50 and 50 into two caves, I guess, or a cave that was divided in two rooms or whatever, and brought them bread and water. He fed them with bread and water. He supplied the need he was doing the work of God by supplying the need of God's servants. And then verse 19 of 1 Kings 18, same chapter says, Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel. And the prophets of Baal were 450 and the prophets of the groves 400, which did eat at Jezebel's table. Interesting. The fall, 850 false prophets ate at Jezebel's table. Take a step back and think about that for a minute. Meditate upon that in the coming hours and days, my friend. They ate at Jezebel's table, so the false prophets were fully taken care of by this apostate rebellious system that was misleading the people of Israel. And the same thing is true today. There were 850 people that were willing, in ministry, willing to compromise with this antichrist Jezebel system that promised to take care of their physical needs and keep them well fed and with money to have their own houses and all of their creature comforts etc God forbid we can't live without suntanning salon every month or can't live without getting our nails done every week we certainly can't live without $80 hairdo every two weeks. No way we could survive without cable TV. I mean, gee, that's a necessity, right? We don't have a clue, folks. We are in trouble. What are really necessities? Necessities of bread and water. And I think you could probably throw in shelter there. But all of these other things and having to live in this 4,000 square foot home with two people and drive this $80,000 vehicle. I'm sorry, folks, that ain't a necessity. A five or $10,000 used car will get you around just as well. Oh yeah, you won't look as good to the world, but you'll look better to God because you'll be able to put that other money into the work of God and lay it up as treasure into eternal glory emptying yourselves on this earth so that you can make an impact in heaven and the lives of others so that they can be saved, edified, and fed, and blessed. So these false prophets ate at Jezebel's table, just like the false prophets today eat at Jezebel's table, where a lot of sustenance is, a lot of supply is. You see, their God is their belly. They go where the money is, not where the Messiah is. So apparently, as we see in this scenario, the false prophets outnumbered those true prophets that were fed by Obadiah 850 to 1. Think about that. Do the math. No one today in these country club entertainment houses, which pretty much sounded like what Jezebel and Ahab had going on there. I'm talking about the local churches. There's no new thing under the sun. So let's just translate into how that fits into today. It's pretty obvious as we meditate upon this and gain the knowledge of the Word of God. No one today in these, as I call them, country club entertainment houses that we call churches gets hired based on biblical fruit and the qualifications listed in Scripture. Oh, no. Go go on the internet and look at the job openings or maybe on the bulletin board in the church hallway, if you will, church building hallway. Coming up this Sunday, if you go to one, take a look at the job openings page or section. You will see them looking for what? Creative people, not disciples. All they got to do is say they're Christians. Oh yeah, I'm Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up in church, whatever. They don't have to have a real walk with God. See, these local apostate church houses are looking for someone who can merely operate a soundboard or build a website or SEO, their website, optimize it, or someone that is artistic and that can help them, that local church franchise, if you will, market to its community to get more members so that they can more easily pay for their mortgage and salaries. Now think about that system and that scenario. Is that not a business Yeah, that is not the Lord's church. That is a church business, folks. Jesus did not die so that people could go set up their little local church business franchises. That's what we have today. They'll be looking for groundskeepers, people that can keep their real estate property that they've invested in well-groomed so that people are impressed to draw in new customers to pamper and deceive and entertain But Christ did not come and die to enable these hirelings to set up church as if it was a business with paid employees. I'm sorry, folks, that is not the biblical model of what the church, the called out people of God, really is. So it really comes down to whether or not we are going to sacrifice the Savior on the altar of self-convenience or we're going to sacrifice a salary for the Savior. See, when you're serving Christ, you must be willing to follow him wherever he leads you. And no matter how hard it's going to be, I personally have been blessed to never have had the lay out of seeing luxury of having a salary for doing God's work. And as I think about this in light of the sham we now call church in these final days, it really dawns on me just how fortunate and blessed I've been to have had to trust God by faith in the thick and in the thin and with little and much. Well, there haven't been many times of much, but there have been times when the bills have almost been paid or paid ahead or whatever. But anyway, you just learn so much. And again, I wouldn't give nothing for my journey like they said of old. The things you learn through the journey are invaluable. Those are the things that are important to God. A lot of times as humans, we think, oh, God, I just need money to fix this problem or I need this physical thing. That's all I need. You know, we cry out to God, but God has something much more in mind. We are the clay. He is the potter. The scripture tells us that all these things are working together for the good to those that love God. Do you really love God? Or are you just using God? See, he's talking about those that love God. They choose to love God, not self. They're working together. All things are not good. He didn't say that. He just said all things work together, even the bad thing, for the good, even the hardships, even the lack, for the good, to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Then he speaks in the next few words, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And that's what he's after, conforming us to the image of Christ through everything that happens in our lives. Not just after giving you and I a quick fix. And let me tell you that in my life, it's been very difficult at times. And But I wouldn't give those times up in those seasons of testing and trials. The faith and patience of the individual is forged through having to seek God in earnest and fervently through those valleys and those seasons of testing. Those who work for a local church business get a paycheck every two weeks and they don't know what it's like to suffer. They don't know what it's like to live by faith. Why? They do what they do for the money. And if they had to live by faith, they'd be gone tomorrow. If they told them, look, if you really love the Lord, if they came to their church business on a Monday morning for work, And the pastor had truly repented over the weekend, and he said, look, we're going to trust God, and we're going to go ahead and live by faith from now on. No more paychecks. We're going to have to trust God for our provision. How many of those people you think would stay? How about a big old goose egg? None of them. Or maybe one. I don't know. Whatever. What does that make them? It makes them hirelings. A hireling is simply someone who does so-called ministry, quote unquote, for personal benefits that he or she gains from it and not for the love of God and his people those people have no clue what it means to walk by faith and to suffer and see God's hand move in the difficult times there is little difference in their lifestyle and those working in posh corporate companies all around us they have all the full benefits of a corporate job because that's what it is it's all it is such as a luxurious environment they work in medical and dental insurances uh, retirement plans 401k etc there's no reason or promise or need to learn to truly trust God when you have all these things, when everything's just handed to you and you get this check every two weeks. I mean, that does not resemble what we see in Scripture. We don't see salaries being guaranteed. Now, the workman is worthy of his hire, but he has to walk by faith and not by sight. We don't see any evidence or any salaries being given out to people, guaranteeing them pay. Jesus said, take no thought for the morrow. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. These are the things the heathen worry about. What does that make us? If that's all we do is worry about that kind of stuff and that we got to have this guaranteed salary or we're not going to do God's work. Something wrong there, folks. Ezekiel 16:49 says this: Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. What was it? Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her, and her in her daughters neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy notice this is the sins god's listing that were in sodom the root sins and you notice that homosexuality as sodomy was not even listed because apostasy starts with pride fullness of bread and abundance of idleness and refusing to feed the poor or help and give be a giver Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. You can remember those by the acronym PFA. Pride, fullness of bread, like the Laodiceans and like Hosea said, that the people, the more they had as far as fullness of bread and abundance of prosperity, the more they rebelled against God, Hosea 4.7. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. See, they weren't busy about the things of God, which always leads to sin. Just ask David, the patriarch, when he went up on that balcony or up on his upper level of his palace, and he was supposed to be at war, 2 Chronicles 11, 2 Samuel 11. So he gets up there and he has abundance of idleness. And he's subjected to a woman taking a bath. He sees her, and then that led to sin. This always leads to sin. Perhaps it's a true saying that the idle mind is putty in the hands of Satan. That would go along with this right here. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness. Some people have more time to play games. And this goes for those that are employees of these church businesses. They have more time to play games than to send out an email with scripture in it or post something on Facebook to call people to the word of God or hand out a track or do the work of the ministry or spend time and prayer for other believers but they'll sit there and play games all day on the computer unbelievable abundance of idleness neither did they she strengthened the hand of the poor and needy this is how a people fall right here they don't strengthen the poor and the needy they don't help those in need They're full of pride, fullness of bread. They have everything they want. They have no need for anything, no need to walk by faith, no need to work and pray something in that they need, an abundance of idleness. I think you get the picture, friend. There is a great difference and a great contrast between that those who are the true servants of God, who walk by faith and not by sight, at the call of God, they say, just like Paul said, that once he's preached, he has nothing the glory of, yet woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. In other words, I must do the calling God sent me to do. But I'm not going to do it by trying to tuck my feet under the compromising table of Jezebel. First Kings 18, the false prophets, they ate at Jezebel's table. There's a lot of meaning in that. A lot of meaning. They compromised in order to get the paycheck. They compromised. They laid down the whole counsel of the truth of God's word. You see, a lot of people just want to deal with little surface level promises out of context that they harvest from the Bible. They siphon out in order to keep themselves protected from really having to repent and die to themselves. They want to get the verse of the day that is carefully chosen to not be a verse that would convict them of their sin. I mean, God forbid. When that's the greatest thing we need right there. We need the holy fear of God to lay down our lives and follow Christ. And when we do, when we follow Christ, we'll have no part with Jezebel's table. We will have no part with the false ministry. We won't give our money the false ministries that are not fulfilling a New Testament purpose. They refuse to preach the full counsel of God. Therefore, they're preaching another gospel and they're accursed. Galatians 1, 6 through 9, etc. Though none go with us, still we will follow Christ, the one who bled for us and has called us and apprehended us to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. God bless you, friend. Thank you for listening and feel free to avail yourself for your edification and that of others to com. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ centered, scripture rich, edifying podcasts on SafeGuardYourSoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several mini books books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting, and feel free to visit our donate page on the site, and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together In the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.